0: Morning England. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a wonderful week for me. Thank you for all your encouragement. It's been a joy and a delight to see a lot of old friends, make new friends, and that's one of the glorious and wonderful things about glorious Glorietta. Amen the new friendships that we make that will be with us. Uh, some of us will not see each other again on this earth, but it is going to be wonderful that we can sit around and have a long time when we all get to heaven uh, and we can talk about a lot of the good things that uh, happen to us together uh, here on this, on this earth. I'm indebted to a couple of the folks for adding to my list of interesting Baptist church names. Yesterday, after the morning session, a couple came up and said, we can add one. Never heard of this one before. Hell Hole Swamp. (laughs) Baptist Church in South Carolina. Hell Hole Swamp. I don't know if that's pure honesty or pure honoriness, to name it that. And I have, I've run across this one, not by name but by practice, pretty good bit. This one is in Missouri. It's the Tightwad Baptist (laughs) Church. I'm going to write a book about Baptist Church names sometime. It has been a wonderful experience to be with you. Isn't it good to be in God's family? and Isn't it fine to have along the way as we discover new members of our own spiritual family as we have in this week? This morning I want us to think for just a few minutes about a verse that we find in the 25th chapter of Genesis, Genesis 25, 8. Then Abraham breathed his last, and he died at a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. of years, a good man. It is said in the Bible of five different individuals this same line after a full life. Five interesting characters, and each one teaches something, I think, in a way that we address our lives, and each one of us, whether it's days or months or years or decades that still remain for us, each one of us are on that journey and that pilgrimage toward the sunrise. You know, the Christian does not move toward the sunset. have beautiful sunsets out here. I love the sunsets. But the Christian does not move toward the sunset, but toward the sunrise. It's no accident that in the description of the boundaries of the land that God was giving to the children of Israel, that as he described those boundaries, he started with the south. You always start with the south. Started with the south. God did that. Uh, In the in the wilderness, and then he described what the West was, the Mediterranean, and then he talked about the northern boundary line, which was Mount Hermon, and then the last one that he mentioned was to the east and the sun rising. The Christian faces a sunrise. We don't face a sunset. And that's a glorious truth. The people of God are people who walk in a spiritual pilgrimage knowing that in God's own time we will be with Him in full sense. Of five different individuals in the Old Testament, this same line is given in the Scripture that they died after a full life. Abraham, was one of those five men. Abraham is the, the typical illustration for us of the man of faith. Sometimes folks are tempted to think that Abraham, when he was over there in Ur of the Chaldees, was a poor old somebody, and God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a big car to ride in and a big house to live in. Come on, do things back. No, no, wait a minute. Abram was a rich man. Abram had about all this world's goods that he knew how to keep track of. He was a very wealthy man. God said to him, I want you to leave what you know as the familiar home and you go where I tell you to go. And Abram, the man of faith, became Abraham and he walked with God. The same thing is said of another man named Isaac. We talked a little bit about Isaac this week. Isaac was the quiet man. Isaac was a common sort of fellow. But Isaac is the example for us of a life marked by stability don't you like folks that you can count on folks that stay by the stuff folks that give somehow a stackpole of stability that you just know that whatever's happening in your own personal life, whatever winds are blowing and storms rage, that when you can be with somebody that you know and love that's solid and stable, it helps to put your own turmoil in right perspective. It's good to know stable kind of folks. Thank God for those people who with stability stay by the stuff in our churches because they make all the difference in the world. This same line that he died after a full life is also spoken of of Job. Now what do you think of instantly when the name Job is spoken? Well, you think of suffering and you think of patience. It's going to be interesting when we get to heaven to talk to a lot of folks. I want to ask Paul some questions about some of the things that he wrote. I know he's right. The Holy Spirit wouldn't have put it in the book. But it sure has caused me some problems along the way. And I just want to talk to him a little bit about why he wrote some of the things he wrote. It's going to be interesting to talk to some folks. It's going to be interesting to talk to Job. Job Job is really, he's, he's somebody. And he went through a lot. Job is a is an example for us in our own spiritual journey and our spiritual pilgrimage to know that God's still in control of things even when sometimes we tend to think he's not I won't talk to him then this same epitaph was chiseled on the tombstone of a man named Jehoiada you remember brother Jehoiada surely Jehoiada was a priest Jehoiada was responsible at one time in the life of his people in the matter of repairing the house of God. Now, it's wonderful to build something. It's wonderful to be able to have the mind that can envision a great building and the skill that can construct a great building. But thank God for the repairers. I'm a klutz. I can't repair anything. When something gets broken around my house, my Sue used to say, "Honey, don't try to fix it. Let me let me call somebody now. Now don't don't fool with it. Cuz it always end up being worse busted." That's not good English, but you know what I mean when it happened Jehoiada was a repairer maintenance men repairers are worth their weight in gold that's the reason they charge as much as they do but they are worth a lot to us and Jehoiada repaired the house of God that was broken down, you who work at the discipline of the repairing of broken books, you do a great service when you mend a friend (laughs) and when you make it useful that other folks can Take it and make it their own. Jehoiada, the priest, the repairer. I like folks like that because I've had the need in my life, a number of points along the way, to be with people who knew God and on good terms with God, and who could help repair me when I've busted up something in my life. You see, there are not only physical repairers, but there are spiritual repairers, and aren't we glad of the folks who can help us? And then that same word, that same epitaph, was chiseled on the tombstone of David. And it's said of David, he served his own generation. What a wonderful thing. None of us, by the far reach of imagination, I suppose other than Shirley McLean, who I read in the morning newspaper, is out here in Santa Fe this week, uh, has a, would be able to serve a previous generation. You know, she's a believer in reincarnation so back there somewhere but the rest of us we can only serve the generation of which we're a part and then hopefully we can leave enough good marks so that generations that follow us can be blessed these five folks it said died full of years of a good old age. Now I've looked at the lives of these five individuals and I've tried to pick out what it was. Why? Why did God write the same obituary for these five individuals? What was the common thread that ran through their lives and linked them to him? And as I've studied their lives in the Old Testament, I've discovered that each one of them was willing to follow God's will for his life. God does have his perfect plan for each of us. But God has created us as free, sovereign creatures, and he gives us the ability to choose which means we have the ultimate power to say no to him. These five said yes to him. You see, there's a difference between the ultimate will of God for our lives and his permissive will for our lives. He has a plan for us. He has things He wants us to do and to be, things to happen in our lives, His dreams for each of us. But in His permissive will, He allows us to make the wrong choices. He's not happy with it, but He allows us to make the wrong choices and walk the wrong paths and do the wrong things. But he's pleased and glorified in the lives of men and women who seek to know his will and who do it for his glory. And these did. Each one of these individuals, as I read their life stories in the Bible, I discovered that each one was willing to sacrifice his personal plans to be in the plan of God. We all have our personal dreams. We have our personal druthers. But when we're willing to set aside our personal dreams and our personal goals to say, Lord, if this is what you want for me, I'll do it. To the best of my ability and when we're willing to set aside as, the, as these individuals willing to set aside their personal goals and to adopt the goals God had for them each one of them labored under difficulty there was not a single one of these folks in this list who had an easy time of it you see just Walking with God does not mean everything's going to be all right. not going to be beautiful sunrise and a beautiful sunset. It's not going to be mountaintop experiences at Ridgecrest or Glorietta every day of our lives. Life's not made up that way. Each one labored and did his job under difficulty. Each one was misunderstood and condemned. Their contemporaries did not write this epitaph. God did. Because each of these was misunderstood as to what he was doing. But each one of them, I discovered, as I've studied their biographies, each one of them was stabilized in the midst of their difficulties by faith in the Messiah. You say, wait a minute, the Messiah hadn't come. Oh, but the promise had been made. And they lived in the light of the hope that they might be in the generation when the Messiah would come. You see, the question is often asked, how are people in the Old Testament saved? We know how from the time of Jesus how people are redeemed. It's because of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for us. What about people before Bethlehem and before Nazareth and before Calvary? Well, they were saved in exactly the same way you and I are saved, by faith in the Messiah. But Theirs was a, an ounce more of faith, maybe a pound more, maybe a ton more, because they put their faith in one yet to come who would pay the price. And we have the benefit of a New Testament that tells it for us and lays it out for us. But salvation has always been in exactly the same steps by faith in the Messiah. Now each one of these then lived their lives stabilized in the midst of their difficulty because of their faith in a coming Messiah. Each one was sorely tried, but each one came to a peaceful end. And as we look at the lives of these men, these five men, then I think it helps us to know that in the living of the days of our lives day by day, week by week, and year by year, and as we try to get the handles on what life is all about and know where we're going and what God is seeking to do in our lives, we know that a full life depends on our being willing to walk with Jesus wherever he leads us. The full life is lived for others. The full life overflows and blesses and reaches out and touches and helps. On this, our final time together, and there will never, ever be another moment in your life or mine exactly like this one. For when we pray and go our separate ways, we will never, ever again be exactly the same group in this same room. But from this point and this juncture in our pilgrimage, I want to say to you, thank you. You have blessed me this week in so many ways. And I want to say that word of encouragement that as we go our separate ways, live the full life, the overflowing life, in the midst of whatever difficulties come, be stabilized by your faith in the Messiah and with friends and fellow Christians who add their strength to your strength and make life worth living. Our Father, how you have blessed us. You have given us again a fresh look at your love for us and your plans for our lives. Dear Lord, with all the things that you've given us through your servants, with all the insights and the knowledge and the information and the inspiration, dear God, please, Please nudge us by your Holy Spirit that as in a little while each of us will leave this campus, help us to be channels of the blessings we've received and help us to give even as we have received. For all who will be journeying this day, grant journeying mercies, the safety of travel, and may in it all we have joy as we travel with you. In Jesus' glorious name, amen.